Welcome back to Crime Pros. This week, after so much loss and difficulty with the Gabby Petito case, I have had a lot of revelation about my ignorance about missing people in America. And I realized that there are a lot of problems in the system as we discuss missing persons in the U.S. So today, what I want to do for this special episode of Crime Pros is to discuss some of the missing cases that there are in the U.S., some of the problems that are being faced. And I know that one small podcast episode isn't going to change everything, but Hopefully, if you know more people start to talk about the problems of missing persons and more people bring attention to cases of um, marginalized individuals, then eventually we'll start to see some movement on some of these cases. So just a heads up, this episode is shorter than most other episodes of Crime Pros, and that is simply because I am recording this the day before it airs because literally all week long, I've just kind of been thinking about everything that's coming to light and all of the discussions that are happening. So, you know, I have, this has been put together kind of quickly and it's a little bit rushed and I don't have a guest, but I wanted to make sure that we really did talk about this. So without further ado, this is the Crime Pros Disappeared Special. So in the United States of America, an average of 2,300 people are reported missing every single day, and about half of these are children. And what's important to note is that the press is least likely to cover missing person cases if they involve a person from a minority group, a mentally handicapped individual, or a person with a history of substance abuse. And this goes back to a system of racism and sexism and classism even that we face in the United States. But these missing people are equally important and we need to make sure that when someone disappears, we're bringing attention to as many cases as possible so that most of them can be solved. It's also important to know that missing persons cases sit at the bottom of the priority list for most police jurisdictions in the USA. And that's because they wanna prioritize things like, um, say, murder and homicide. But what I found really interesting was that a lot of police departments also prioritize small things like drug busts and petty theft above missing person cases. We should also note that in many countries, so many children go missing every year that no official record is kept of who is missing and no protocols exist for the authorities to find them. And this is especially true in Africa, Asia, and South America. And in these countries, many of these children are sold into human trafficking. And you can't talk about missing persons cases without talking about the possibility of human trafficking. And I know that we can't really cover that entire topic in the next few minutes. But if you want to learn more about human trafficking or give to an organization that's working to fight that evil in this world, you can check out an organization called Dress Simber. It's a really great group and they do a lot of advocacy work as well as funding rescue missions. Um, They were in no way affiliated with them. This isn't sponsored or anything, but it's just one place that you can look. So today we are going to be 
very briefly going through three missing persons cases. Some of them are closed. Some of them are new and relevant. Um, but I think that they're all important. And we should note that one of them is a very new and, and relevant case, the Gabby Petito case that's literally ongoing right now. And I am recording this on the... I've got to look at the date. It's the 26th. I am recording this on the 26th of September, 2021. Things may change by the time that this airs or by the time you listen to it. So um, with that one, definitely keep your ears open. I mean, all of these, I think, are kind of open. So anything could change. Um, but we're definitely covering the Gabby Petito case because it's going on. But then also just so much of what I've been hearing and learning as the Gabby Petito case comes out is that missing person cases involving someone who is from a minority group are covered so much less than uh, missing person cases of a white person. So I also wanted to make sure that we threw in two cases from missing people from uh, other groups, other backgrounds, um, because I think that representation of all people is so important. So let's hop into three different missing persons cases. Our first case is from 1982, and it's a rainy night in Kailua, Oahu, in Hawaii. Lisa Ao leaves work at a hair salon where she works, and she drives to her boyfriend's sister house for dinner. Now this night, her boyfriend Doug Holmes has dinner uh, with Lisa and his sister, and then he walks her out to her car. He says that they drove to uh, the sister's house together, so he walks her to her car. It's still stormy, and they drive to their separate home separately. Now the next morning, it's discovered that Lisa never came home that night. So Lisa's family and Doug spend hours that next day trying to find her. They're making phone calls and searching the island. And that same day that the search starts, Lisa's car is found off the side of a road with Lisa's purse inside, but Lisa is nowhere to be found. And so at this point, Lisa's family notifies the police that she is missing. Now a search ensues, and on January 31st, 10 days after the search begins, and 11 days after Lisa is last seen, her body is found off of Tantalus Road, and she's naked and her body is decomposing. Now soon, rumors spark indicating that a police officer may have been involved as reports start to surface that other women were pulled over by a police officer in that area and that this person may have tried to abduct or assault them um, around that same time. And this case has been open for about 30 years and that's one of the leading theories, but it was eventually discovered that there may have been someone who was impersonating a police officer in the area. Um, and so the police are still under some suspicion and police policies have even changed in Oahu since this time. But there is also suspicion now around Lisa's boyfriend, Doug. And while I don't know what happened and I don't want to imply anyone's guilt, it's important to note that this case is still open. And for almost 30 years now, Detective Burt Cornell has investigated the case with very few leads, and it remains unsolved today. Lisa's case did get some press back in the 80s, and, and it has been revisited several times since then, but 
because Lisa was a native Hawaiian woman, it did not receive as much press as many other missing persons cases involving Caucasian people did at the same time. For our second case, we jump forward to 2019. In August 2019, on August 24th to be exact, Kaysera Stops Pretty Places is a member of the Crow Nation and is seen by her family under normal circumstances in Hardin, Montana. And the Crow Nation and many other indigenous people live in this area. Now, on, she was seen on August 24th, but on August 27th, Kaysera's family reports her missing, saying that they had not seen her in those three days and she's only 18 years old. Now on August 29th, Kaysera's body is found and she's deceased in the backyard of a local home after a local passerby spots a body when they're just walking past. Now circumstances around the case remain vague and very little is known about exactly how she died. I heard things about how it was so cold in the area and it could have been exposure and that also um, this area is known for a lot of drug use and, and there's so many rumors, but very little is truly known. And an autopsy was performed, which again, didn't reveal very much. But what's interesting is that Kaysera's body was cremated by local officials after the autopsy, and that was without the consent or even informing her family. This case remains unsolved. And one thing that I've learned over the past couple of weeks is that indigenous people in the US are among the most likely individuals to go missing. And also, they are one of the most underrepresented groups in traditional media coverage when it comes to crimes against them. And Kaysera certainly falls into this. I hadn't heard about this case until I heard a podcast about it a few weeks ago that was, you know, they did a great job um, investigating it, but there's really not a ton of press, um, especially outside of like local Montana newspapers about this case. So this case is certainly still open. It's only been two years. And if you have any information, you can check out our, um, our episode notes and the episode description, and we'll have information about how you can uh, report any leads for any of these missing persons cases. The third and final case that we want to discuss today is that of Gabby Petito. This is, fast forward to 2021, very recent. So in July of this year, 22-year-old Gabby Petito set out on a multi-month trip across the country to see the national parks with her fiance, Brian Laundrie. And on August 12th, a passerby reported that they saw a couple um, and they reported disorderly conduct to 911 after seeing the couple fighting. And it was revealed that Laundry did allegedly strike Petito. Now, police officers are dispatched and they actually pulled the couple over in their van that they're traveling in and they separate Brian and Gabby. And Brian spends the night in a hotel and Gabby sleeps in their van. Then on August 19th, exactly one week later, the pair posts a happy video about their trip on uh, YouTube. On August 25th, the couple's van is seen at Grand Teton National Park, and Gabby makes a post that day to Instagram. It's You've probably seen it by now if you've been watching the news. Um, it's a very cute post with a little like knitted pumpkin, um, and this is the last post on Gabby Petito's social media. 
Now, on August 27th, two days after that, Gabby's mother receives a text from Gabby's phone. And uh, this text is asking for her mom to help, quote, Stan, because she can't get a hold of him. Now, Gabby's mom knows who Stan is because Stan is Gabby's grandfather. But what is um, concerning to the mother is that Gabby never called her grandfather by his first name. I mean, if I called one of my grandparents, you know, by their first name, I think my parents would be concerned too. So this raises a red flag for Gabby's mom. But, you know, it maybe she was using like voice to text or something like that. It's not a, a huge like scare for them. Two days after this, on August 29th, Brian Laundrie is allegedly picked up by a motorist while hitchhiking. And it's noted that he's picked up alone. There's no Gabby Petito with him. The next day, on August 30th, Gabby's mom receives another text from Gabby's phone. And while she hasn't revealed exactly what it says, allegedly it's about some difficulties with cell service. Then on September 1st, Brian returns to his family home in Florida. Again, without Gabby. And on September 11th, 10 days later, Gabby is reported by her family who had not heard from her since August 30th as missing. Then four days later on September 15th, Brian Laundrie is named a person of interest by the Northport police after he refuses to cooperate with their investigation. And two days later on the 17th, Laundrie's family says that they have not seen Brian for three days and a police search ensues. On September 19th, the remains of a young woman were found in Grand Teton National Park. And these remains were later confirmed to be those of Gabby Petito. Now what's important to know is that these remains were found on September 19th. The last time that anyone actually saw the pair together uh, was on August 25th at Grand Teton. So it's been almost a month by the time that her body is found. The next day, the FBI raids the laundry home with a warrant claiming that there is evidence of a felony committed against Gabby. And on the 23rd, an arrest warrant was issued for Brian Laundry, who remains at large as of this recording. You know, it's really interesting that he's missing and there have been so many leads people think they see him on cameras you know even down near my hometown in southern illinois someone said that his credit card was being used at like local gas stations and there's so many rumors but this man is on the run and essentially the way that this case stands the police want to question him and he is a major suspect in their case um, but it stands open until he's found you know, these are just three missing persons cases in hundreds of thousands that are active in the U.S. And if you have any information about any of these cases or any missing persons case, you can check out the show notes for information on how you can report that. And you can also go through an organization called Crime Stoppers, which is a nationwide organization that helps you to report uh, tips to police anonymously. It's a great service. And if you want to learn more about that, you could just Google Crime Stoppers and you'll get a lot of info about how the organization works in your local area. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crime Pros. I hope that 
you learned something, that you took something away, and that we all start to understand how serious missing persons cases are. And I hope we also recognize the power that we have in talking about these cases, because if we spread the word, somebody somewhere knows something about all of these cases, and we just have to get the word to them that their help is needed. Thank you for listening to Crime Pros. Make sure to download this episode and subscribe to the show. If you like our true crime stories, head over to Apple Podcasts and let us know with a five-star review. Crime Pros is hosted by Jace Lucas and is a production of Amped Media. This was The Disappeared Special. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Amped Media Official. See you next week for a new true crime story with a new true crime file.